And today we're going to talk about power, power to wait on God. God wants to give you power. God wants to give you strength to wait on Him. Amen. So, again, last week we uh, started uh, or we preached a message on waiting. We talked about the purpose, that God has a purpose. When, whenever we're, we're praying for something or waiting for something from God or waiting for something in life, uh, for some of us, maybe we feel like there's delays and uh, there's things that we wish or we hoped would happen by now, and, and we're waiting for these things. Uh, and of course, those, those times can be hard. Those times can be discouraging, and a lot of questions can come into our minds, including, uh, for example, does God really love me? Does God hear me? Is God mad at me? Um, and so waiting can be such a, a, uh, such a test to our faith. And the good news is that God doesn't actually expect you to wait on your own. He doesn't expect you to wait by your own strength. Uh, God wants to give you strength. He wants to give you strength. He wants to give you power to be able to wait. So uh, I feel like God is leading us to speak on waiting again today because God's, God's heart is for you. God is for you and not against you. Amen. Can somebody say that in the chat? God is for me, right? That's what the Bible says. God is for you, not against you. Everything in life, the enemy wants you to believe, especially when things get hard, especially when disappointment, especially when accidents. And, you know, I don't know about you, but there's times when I, I, I'll, uh, for example, like I hit my foot on a chair, stub my toe really bad, and you're like, oh, why, God? <laughs> There's something in the human spirit, our sinfulness, where we want to blame God, or we deep down inside doubt God's love for us. We think he's after us, amen? But no, God is for you, amen? Why does the Bible tell us that? Because the Bible, God knew that us as humans, we naturally tend to believe that God is against us, but no, God is for for us. So even when we are experiencing a waiting time or a delay time, the enemy wants to get into our heads and he, he wants to mess with us and give us negative thoughts, right? Make, give us negative beliefs. But today I want you to know, I want you to declare in your heart and your spirit, God is for me even in the waiting. Amen. So again, God wants to encourage you today. I, that's what I feel with this message. God, God, God knows somebody who's watching, somebody who's listening, you're waiting for something right now, something important, something big, something that really matters to you. And if not now, you will be in the future, right? We all experience waiting of some kind, especially with important things in life. And so God wants to encourage and strengthen your patience and your perseverance, right? Because these things are important, right? Patience, uh, perseverance are such important char uh, character traits, uh, personal abilities that we, that are so important to life, right? Patience. Uh, in fact, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. How many can confess that we're, we're that you are pretty bad at self-control? I'm raising my hand, right? Because I'm I'm pretty bad at self-control, right? Uh, in fact, you know, so many. I was thinking about this the other day that so so many of our problems in life is because we can't wait. We can't wait. Think about debt, right? Think about debt. A lot of us we have money problems. And, uh, and if we're honest, for a lot of us, it's because we couldn't wait. We spent money we didn't have, right? That's, that's, that's what's going on with a lot of, you know, you know uh, with a lot of people in this world, in our society, in, in, in different cities and nations around the world, right? Uh, people call this the, the bubble that's about to pop, right? In the, economically speaking, right? That many people spend money they don't have. They buy cards that they can't really afford. They buy clothes that they don't really need. Why? Because they can't wait. So we put it all on credit. What's credit? Money you don't have, right? Spending money you don't have to get something that you want now because you can't wait for it later, right? See, somebody once said that timing is everything, right? Timing is everything. Good timing is going to be a blessing, right? Impatience, un 
the inability to wait will get you into trouble, you know? And that's one of the blessings, right? Why God makes us wait, right? Because he wants, uh, he wants the best for you. He wants the best for me. He wants the best for us. He wants things to happen at the right time, at the perfect time. So, so as to maximize the blessing and to decrease, right, uh, the, the, the negative. He wants to to protect us from from bad things happening to us. Uh, I remember a testimony that I heard a few years ago firsthand from people who were involved in this, uh, and it involves a very, very big, very big company. I'm not going to name the company, right? Uh, But it's it's a very huge company, one of the most richest companies in the world. And... uh, and this company was in a financial situation where uh, they were in big trouble and they really needed uh, money to come in fast. Otherwise, uh, you know, they, they were going to perhaps lose everything. And, and uh, an, an opportunity came, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I do, I should mention that, that a lot of these people were praying people. They believed in Jesus. They were Christians. Uh, in fact, even the CEO had just recently given, uh, you know, their, their life. I, I should say the chair chairperson. <laughs> I don't want to say him or her, but the chairperson actually recently really committed their life to God. And, and so they were trying to pray and ask other people to pray for the company. And, and so an, an opportunity came, a contract came. And it would bring in the money they needed, and it looked like. See, this is this is very interesting. It looked exactly like what they had been praying for, right? This this had all the earmarks, everything on paper. This looked like exactly what I'm praying for. Some of you, maybe you're single and you've got a list, right? It's like, oh, I want him to be this tall. I want she to be have the, you know what I mean? You got a list, right? I'm talking about this is that, that somebody came along who matched your list, who matched exactly what you've been praying for. So that's what happened with this company, this contract, this opportunity came in and they prayed about it and they felt like, no, wait, wait, do not take this contract keep on waiting keep on praying and it became such a struggle because they're like this is very confusing why would God make us wait when it seems like he just answered us well what happened was is that they they uh, after much struggle they they decided to not take the contract because they really didn't have peace about it and uh, and a little uh, a little bit later uh, that contract or the company they would have made a contract with, it, it turned out they lied about so many things and that, that company crashed, the contract crashed and they realized if they had taken that contract, their whole company would have crashed. And so God had protected them. Amen? God, God was protected. See, God makes you wait to protect you, to bless you, to bring the best in your life. Can somebody say amen to that? God is for you. Amen? Even in the waiting, the waiting is a message of God's love. See, this is where we got to change our thinking. We see waiting as a negative. We see waiting as a bad sign. We see waiting as delay and denial. And God is, oh, he doesn't love me. And he's punishing me. And and you need to rewire your mind. The Bible says be transformed by the renewal of your mind to change your thinking. It's time to start thinking the way God thinks. Amen? It's start. It's time to start believing what the Bible says. The Bible says that God is good and God is for you. Amen? Amen. Let's read Psalm 27, verses 13 to 14 to, to uh, launch us into what God wants us to, to hear today. Verse 13, it says, I remain, I remain, right? That word remaining means that he's, he's been in a period of waiting. He's been in a period where, where he has to remain. Something didn't happen right away. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Amen. Amen. So in light of last week's message, I was meditating on this passage again and and that, that part where it says, be strong, be strong and take heart, be strong and take heart, that really spoke to me because that is a directive towards us. It's telling us that we need to do something. And so 
what I took out of this was uh, we have a part to play in waiting, right? There's things that we can do to help ourselves to wait on God, right? Let me say that again. There are things you can do to strengthen your heart, to strengthen your spirit, to enable you, to help you to wait on God. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, some of us are waiting on God, but we do things that actually makes it harder for us to wait on God. But the Bible says, be strong. Do things that don't weaken your faith. Do things that strengthen your faith. Do things to make you stronger, right? So that you can take heart and wait for the Lord. Amen. So we have a part to play uh, when it comes to waiting on God. And we must, we must do things to strengthen us, to make it easier for us to wait on God. And when we talk about waiting, right? When we talk about waiting on God, essentially what we're talking about is faith, right? Waiting on God is all about faith. The reason why you would wait on God is because you trust in God. It's because you have faith in God. It's because you believe that God is good. God is for you. And if you're waiting on something, you know, like for example, if you're waiting for a job, like you, you, you go from job interview to job interview and, and you get, you get uh, rejected, right, over and over again. Again, that's not just rejection. It's awaiting, amen? And I know it sucks and it hurts and, and every girl you ask out keeps turning you down and every, bur every guy you thought was the one, it turns out. All of these discouragements, all these closed doors, right? Again, it's time to see things with a new lens. Oh, this is not rejection. This is God's waiting, amen? This is God's timing in my life. And, and so this is about faith. And if it's about faith, the thing you need to understand about faith is that in a way, you could see faith uh, like a muscle. Faith works like a muscle. There are things we can do to strengthen our faith. There's weak faith and there's strong faith. And depending what we do, it's kind of like our bodies, right? Depending on things you do, things you eat, right? Uh, habits you have, you're either going to make your muscles, you're going to make your body stronger and healthier, or you're going to make it weaker, amen? Right? Eating McDonald's every day, three meals, <laughs> right? Three times a day every day is not going to make you stronger, amen? Sitting on your couch all day, watching TV all day is not going to make your muscles stronger getting out there riding bikes hallelujah a bunch of our team members just bought bikes right we're going to work it we're going to get healthier we're going to get stronger right riding bikes going for a walk eating well is going to make you stronger so faith is like a muscle you got to take care of your muscles right and that's what i want to talk about today with the rest of our time how can we strengthen our faith or specifically when we talk about waiting how can we strengthen our waiting muscles, amen, right? How's your waiting muscles today, right? How's your waiting muscles? Are you strengthening yourself? Are you doing things to make you strong and able to wait, right? But you know, some of us, we don't bother to strengthen our waiting muscles. Why? Because we just don't want to wait, right? We don't want to wait. So we don't think about strengthening our waiting muscles because if we strengthen our waiting muscles, it means that we're going to have to wait and I really don't want to do that, right? Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to wait anyways, amen? Whether you're a Christian or not, everybody's got to wait for something. Everybody's waiting for their big break. Everybody's waiting for that job. Everybody's waiting for that relationship. Everybody's got to wait. So if you're going to wait anyways, you might, you might as well wait strong, amen? So that's what we're talking about today. And so I want to share with you, let's see, five, five things you could do to help strengthening, to help strengthen your waiting muscles. Amen. Is anybody excited for today's word? Somebody say, God, speak to me. Speak to me, God. Speak to me, God. Amen. It's not about just about how well I preach. It's about how hungry you are in your heart. Amen. Ask God to speak to you today. Amen. So number one, number one, the first thing we could do, and of course there's many things, but the first thing we could do to strengthen our waiting muscles is to decide that God is good. 
decide that God is good. And, and this may be a little bit different than knowing that God is good because some of you may already feel like, yeah, I know that God is good, right? When I say decide, I guess I'm talking more along the lines of, of daily, right? Daily declaring, daily choosing, deciding consciously, right? It's not just enough for us to know that God is good passively. Oh, I know that God is good. I know that God is good. No, life our faith, it's a spiritual warfare, right? And even if you're not talking about the devil, life itself will come after your faith. Life itself, right? Things will happen to kind of bring your faith down. And so we must actively, right? We must actively build our faith. And the, one of the ways we do that is to decide each and every day, I believe that God is good. I believe that God is for me. I believe that God is going to come through, amen? See, I want to talk a little bit about the power of decisions, right? I, 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 uh, I think, I think, I think I learned this a little late in life. And so if you're younger today, you know, I was born in 76, so I may look young, but don't let that deceive you, right? I was born in 76, so I'm a little bit uh, on the, uh, a little bit on the older side. I'm forever 21 in my heart though, right, yeah. David? Okay. But, uh, <laughs> so I've lived a few years and I kind of learned this late. So if you're on the younger side, I hope that you can learn this quick and save yourself some trouble. I, I, uh, I, I learned quickly that, that emotions and feelings are good, but to live by your emotions and feelings all the time is not good. And that there is a power, there is a lot of power in making a decision. Right? So faith is not living by your feelings, it's by living by your convictions. And so there's times like waiting, there'll be times where doubts begin to grow in your heart. You begin to feel these doubts, and that's when you make a decision. No, I decide, I have decided that I believe no matter what happens, no matter what comes my way, I have decided in my mind, in my heart, that God is good that God is who he says he is I have decided to believe in that cross I have decided to believe in that empty tomb I have decided to believe in the Savior who gave his life crucified on that cross for me that he is good amen see a decision is so powerful right and and it's and it's and it's even more powerful to make a decision before you need the decision. <laughs> let, me say, let me say it another way. It's, it's powerful to decide that God is good before you come into a storm, before you come into a problem. You see what I'm saying? See, what, what I'm telling you to do, what I'm asking you to do, what I'm challenging you to do today is to say, okay, life may be okay right now, but I have decided that no matter what happens, Right? Today life is good, but maybe tomorrow, right? There, there could be something I didn't expect. Maybe tomorrow there could be a sickness, an illness, a tragedy, right? Maybe tomorrow, right, there could be a car accident. I don't know. Maybe tomorrow life will get, maybe tomorrow I'll lose my job. So I have decided before, right, before trouble comes, I have decided that when trouble comes, I will believe in that time God is good. Amen? God is good. And I, I, I have found that deciding before the storm, before the trouble, gives you this strength. It gives you this anchor when the storm comes. Amen? So, so just like, you know, getting in shape, right? You make a decision. Or in other words, you make a commitment, right? A decision is a commitment. I am committing to God's goodness. I am committing to believe that God is good. Even when I feel like he's not good, even when I get mad at God and angry at God, and, and do, you, do, you, do, you, do you know that God loves you so much and he understands, right? Just like your friends accept you as you are, God loves and accepts you as you are, even when you're being a jerk, amen, right? There's grace for it. There's grace for it. So, 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 so when I feel like God doesn't love me and God is against me. No, in those times, I'm going to catch myself. I'm going to change. I'm going to change my attitude. I'm going to say that God is good. I feel this way. I will speak that way. I feel like he's not good. I will say that he is good because I am committed, amen, to God's goodness. Psalm chapter 107, verse 1. 
It says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. You know, the Bible says give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all situations. Can you do that? Right? That is muscle building, faith building, right? You know, this is this is when, you know, workouts really count, right? You don't work out just when you feel like it. You work out when you don't feel like it. And it's those times when you worked out when you didn't feel like it that really made the results possible. So, are you praising God only when you feel like it? Or do you praise God when you don't feel like it? Do you praise God only when you're up and not when you're down? Do you praise God when you're on the mountaintop and not in the valley? That's why our faith is weak. That's why our faith can be shaken. Now, please, do not mistake me uh, that I'm saying that we need to be perfect and we need to be perfectly strong. No, no, no. In fact, faith is not about your faith. <laughs> faith is not about how strong my faith is. No, faith says God is good. And even when I'm doubting him, even when I'm mad at him, he's still good. He still loves me. Even when I fail to wait on him, God is still good towards me. That is faith. And I'm going to declare that God is good. Whether I'm up, when I'm down, when I succeed, when I fail. When I fall into sin, I will still come back and say, the Lord is good. Amen? That's, that's, that's the key to repentance. God is good. Decide that. Decide that today. Decide that you will decide that each and every day. Decide that you will decide that even when waiting gets hard, God is good. Amen? Decide. 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 Another decision that you can make. Number two, decide that you want God's best. Decide that. Make a choice today. Right? Do you want God's best for your life? Do you want that? Do you really want that? I mean, naturally, we kind of feel like we want that. But again, your feelings are going to fail you in the future if you don't make that decision right now. Make a conscious decision with your faith, with your spirit, with your soul, with your mind. And say, not only am I going to commit by feeling, but I'm going to commit by faith. Commit by spirit. I'm going to... Say, I want God's best. I want God's best. Psalm 27, verse 13. It says, again, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Can you hear the determination in, in this verse? The voice of, of, of course, King David wrote this. And so I can hear his determination. I can hear him say, I will see. I will see it. No, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shortchange myself. I'm not going to compromise. No, I am determined to see God's goodness. I am determined to receive God's best for my life. Amen. Can I ask you this question? Do you believe you deserve the best? Do you believe that? I mean, truly, deep down inside, I think there are a lot of Christians who may not believe that. Right? We focus so much on repenting and being sinners that, that we train ourselves to think that we don't deserve blessing. We don't deserve God's best. But God says otherwise. Amen? God says otherwise. God says every good and perfect gift comes from above. God says, I am for you and not against you. God says, I want you to be the head and not to not be the tail. God says, I want you to be blessed. I want you, I want to give you my best. Amen. If you believe in Jesus, you are saved, washed by the blood of Jesus. What that means is that the blood of Jesus has cleansed you in your spirit and you are righteous and you are loved. In fact, the Bible says that you are as much, you are loved as much, you are loved by God as much as Jesus. Isn't that mind-blowing? God loves you as much as he loves Jesus, right? Does God want the best for Jesus? He does. So that means God wants the best for you. And you deserve his best, not because of our works, again, not because of ourselves, but because of Jesus, amen? And so David, knowing that he is a child of God, right, he says, you know what? I want God's best. I have decided that I will not settle for less. And that's a problem with a lot of us. We settle for less all the time, right? We settle for less all the time, right? We don't, we, we don't have this determination for the best. We keep settling for less. That's why I keep, right, I keep breaking my diet, 
the best would be for me to eat healthy, exercise, you know, and, and, and uh, have a good, healthy, strong body, right? But instead of having the best, we settle for less. It's like, oh, I could have a strong body, but eh, I'll take the cheeseburger, amen, you know? I want, I want to say something to some girls out there. You are a princess of God. You are a princess of God. Do not settle for a man not worthy of you, amen? But there's so many girls who don't know their worth, and so they settle for men or who are not really men, really. I mean, by age, they might be men, right? They may be old age-wise, but internally in their heart, in their spirit, they're still boys. They're immature boys because they don't know how to treat a woman. And there's so many girls, right, who settle for less because deep down inside, they don't really believe that they deserve better. Can I tell you, God wants the best for you. God says you deserve the best. God says you are his princess and any king, any father is not going to settle for any, just any man. So you should not settle for just any man for yourself. Amen? Amen. Amen. Just because he gives you attention, just because he says all the right things doesn't mean he is worthy of you. Come on. Be like Unji. Amen. Get a good man. Amen. Be like Samanim. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Because then I'm talking about myself. It's a joke. It's a joke. But what I want, what God wants is for you to have the best. And I want to speak this again to all Christians, right? In fact, let me say this, that one of the reasons why we struggle or we keep falling for sin and temptation is not because our desires are too strong. It's, it's actually because our desires are too small. Think about that. This is, this, this is going to be like blowing your mind. It's shifting the way you think. Let me read something from C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis, the great Christian thinker and writer. He said this. It would seem that our Lord, our God, finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. Think about that. See, a lot of times we think that uh, sin, the sin problem is our desires, we are, our desires for bad things are too strong. That's the problem. But C.S. Lewis is saying, no, no, no. It's, it's not that they're too strong. They're too weak. Go on. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. We are far too easily pleased, right? So it's not that we have too much yokshim. It's because it's, it's that we don't have enough yokshim. We settle for temporary pleasures when there's eternal pleasures waiting for us. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying, right? We, it, it's like the reason why you eat that cheeseburger is because you just want a temporary joy that, but, but makes you fat when you could eat a salad and it's going to give you a healthy body and a happier life. You see, you're not greedy enough. You're not greedy enough for something better. That's why we keep settling for something less. God is greater than all things. God is the greatest joy. God, God is the greatest pleasure. God has the greatest plans. His plans are going to make you happier than you can imagine. His, his plans for your life are going to make you explode. It's everything you could ever want in life. But because we don't believe that, we keep settling for lesser things. Get Greedy for God, amen? Get greedy for God's promises. Get greedy for God's plans. Understand that God wants the best. He's got infinite joy, right? Eternally, just, just mind-blowing joy and pleasures forevermore. That's what the Bible says. At His right hand is pleasures forevermore, right? Get greedy for God. Get some yokshim, amen? Get some yokshim, amen? Ah, man. Right? So decide today, I want God's best, right? Because God's, God has saved me, made him, me his child, and so I deserve his best. I want God's best. I will not compromise. I will not settle for anything less than God's best. So I will wait. Amen? So I will wait. You know what I'm saying? Dude, you get what I'm saying? It's like if I'm waiting for that five-star steak and somebody comes like, hey, can I offer you this cheeseburger? I'm like, no, right? No, I'm going to say no to the cheeseburger and I will wait for something greater, something better, amen? Get greedy for God. All right, number three, number three, number three. Wow, way behind. 
Let me move quickly. Number three. All right. If you want to be strong in waiting, if you want to have strong faith, number three, watch what you feed your soul. Again, just like we talk about muscles, you got to watch what you eat. So in the same way, we all have a spiritual diet, something we have a soul diet, right? We are feeding our soul, soul right, through, through various things. And the problem is, is that a lot of us don't take it serious enough that we, we have to understand, right, that what you listen to, what you read, what you watch, who you talk to, these are the things that feed your soul. Words feed your soul. Thoughts feed your soul. Feelings feed your soul, right? So I'm telling you, watch, right? Watch, control, right? What you listen to, what you read, what you watch, right? Because there's just so many negative things, right? There's just so many negative things in this world. There's so many negative things. And in fact, let me say it this way, there's so many things that seem positive, but, but give negative impact. Like some of you, you look at Instagram, right? And you, you see all these great things, like all these successful people, all these happy people, right? All these couples. And you're like, oh, I wish I had that. Oh, I wish I could go there. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's not just about negative or positive things in itself. You got to get things that positively impact you, things that encourage you, things that bring you life. Don't take life, but give you life. So you got to cut out the gossip. You got to cut out the negative people, right? Or again, I'm not saying you got to stop loving people, but you got to be careful what you take in from what they say, because some of you, you got toxic negative people around you, people who criticize you, people who complain all the time, people who gossip, right? You got to, and, and, and then you wonder, why is my faith weak? You wonder, why, why can I not wait on God, right? Why is waiting on God so hard is because any negative thing, even if it has nothing to do with waiting on God, every negative thing is polluting your soul. It is, it is, it is invading your soul. And it is your soul, it is your spirit, right, which gives you strength to wait. So, Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. Are you blessed today? Are you getting something from this message? Is it good? Is it good? God's word is good. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. Now, listen very closely. Listen very closely. It says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the peace of God, the God of peace, will be with you. All right? So notice, if you do these things, you will have peace. But... The thing is, you got to do these things, right? You got to do these things. And, and the trouble, the problem is a lot of people don't do these things. And they say, God, why don't I have peace? God, why is my faith so weak? Why am I depressed? Why am I so lonely? And, and of course, we don't want to make light of depression because some of it is actually a real major mental health problem, right? But for a lot of us, aside from those mental health issues, for a lot of us, you feel depressed and lonely because you're doing it to yourself, <laughs> Can I say this? You are self-sabotaging your faith because of the way you feed your soul, right? Like it's, it's just, again, it would be ridiculous for somebody to go to their personal trainer, you know, overweight, unhealthy, and say, hey, man, I, I, feel, I, I feel terrible, right? I don't feel good. My body feels bad, right? And you're like, well, what are you eating, right? And it's like, well, I eat, you know, pizza and, you know, McDonald's and blah, blah. And, you know, I eat, you know, after 12. Hey, chic, baby. Hey, chic is a lifestyle for me, right? Like, I eat jajangmyeon, you know, and blah, 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 right? Not that things are bad. But what I'm saying is that's all they eat, and then they feel terrible. Well, yeah, right? I mean, there's no amount of medicine or... You know, there's no amount of encouraging words, right? But we live off these things. It's like we try to get people to make us feel positive, right? Care about me, love me, show me attention, right? When really you keep self-sabotaging yourself, right? And I look at what these people listen to and talk about and all blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, no wonder you, you don't feel peace. No wonder you feel negative. No wonder you feel down and depressed all the time. No wonder your faith is weak because you're not feeding yourself the right things. Philippians chapter 4 says, right? Feed your spirit with the right things, right? Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, what is 
admirable. You know, there's so many mad Christians out there right now, right? There's so many angry Christians. They're angry at government. They're angry at this. And yes, as Christians, we do need to fight for justice and fight for equality and things like that, right? But what's happening is that these people are so, so filled and inundated with the negative. That's all they talk about. It's all they think about. They're talking about the problems. They're talking about solutions. They're talking about what's happening. They're not giving hope. I see all these Christians on, 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 uh, on, on Twitter and, and, and Instagram and, and they're just so angry because they're only focused on things that are not admirable, admirable right? They're, they're focused on things that are not praiseworthy, right? And the Bible says what? Think about the things that are praiseworthy, right? Post things on your, on your Instagram or on, on your Twitter that are praiseworthy. Celebrate the good, right? And let that be the thing that changes the world, amen? Anyways, okay. So what am I saying? Feed your soul, feed your soul. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Amen. What are you listening to? What are you listening to? What are you listening to? And again, when I say listen, it can be what are you talking about? What are you listening? You know, what are you hearing? What are you watching? Right? Go to the Word of God. Make the Word of God be sure that the Word of God is feeding your soul. Amen? And along the same lines, number four, number four, number four, watch what you say. Watch what you say. Man, complainers always complain. People who always say negative things are always negative. Do you know why? It's because what they speak feeds their soul. And what you eat, right? You are what you eat. And so they, be, they, they stay negative. They become negative because they keep speaking negative things. You have to understand, you are feeding yourself through the things that you say. Right? The things that you say are feeding your soul. Right? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Again, the tongue has the power. The tongue, your words, your mouth. You were created in the image of God. God spoke. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He said, let there be the heavens, and there was the heavens. Let there be man, and there was man. He spoke. There was power in his mouth. Therefore, there's power in your mouth. The tongue has the power of life and death. You can either make your you can either make your life come alive or you can kill your soul, right? The power of life is in the tongue. The tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. The message version of this verse, it says this, words kill, words give life, right? They're either poison or fruit. You choose. You choose. You decide, right? You decide whether you want to live by feelings or live by faith. Live by feelings or live by what you believe. Live by feelings or live by convictions. What are you going to speak? 신경 좀 쓰세요, right? 신경 좀 쓰세요, right? Use some effort in controlling your tongue, right? Use some effort in thinking about what you say before you speak. Speak. Is this positive? Is this going to give life to the hearers? Is it going to give life to me? Right? Is there a way I can say this that is more positive than rather negative? The Bible says you choose. Words can either kill or words can give life. You have the ability to give life to yourself and to those around you through your words. I want to tell you you're powerful. Amen? You are powerful. You matter. You are a vessel of God. Amen? You can change somebody's life just through the things that you say, just through the things that you speak. Amen? Amen, 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 amen. All right. I, I've got other things to say, but I'll, I'll uh, try to save time. Number five. Last point today. Last point today. Amen. If you're blessed today, somebody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Amen. Number five. Uh, sorry, I got allergies. Number five, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, or another way to say this is that, yeah, if you want to be strong in waiting or in anything, if you want to be strong in perseverance, if you want to be strong in love, if you want to be strong in hope, if you want to be strong in peace, if you want to be strong in faith, you are not meant to do it by your own strength. You're not meant to do it by your own power. 
you know, there's a lot of Christians. I, I think we don't, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough. We don't depend on the Holy Spirit enough, right? We don't pray, right, for the Spirit's power enough. I want to encourage you, if you're part of Joyful City, if you're part of this church family, we want to be a church that depends on the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we love the Holy Spirit. We love the power of the Holy Spirit. We love the grace of the Holy Spirit. You know, we just did a series, right? A Wednesday night Bible study series. And we talked about the Spirit and the Holy Spirit, how wonderful, how beautiful. And He's more than just an it. He's not an it. He's not a force. He's not the giftings. He is the person of the, He's the person of God. The Bible says that He is a counselor. He's a helper. He's our friend. Do you want to feel close to God? Begin to pray for the Holy Spirit right? It's just as simple as that. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fill me. You don't have to understand before you experience, right? I mean, how many things did we understand before we experience? Think about kids. We experience things before we understand things. So in the same way, for those of you who are younger in your faith, or perhaps you don't understand this whole Holy Spirit stuff, and what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I can explain it to you. In fact, you should have attended the Bible study a few weeks ago, but that's okay. Nobody's perfect. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But but even better is that you can pray right now and say, Lord, okay, this, this prayer is in the Bible, so God, fill me with your Holy Spirit, and God can begin to teach you firsthand about the Holy Spirit. So why am I saying be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's because we, the Holy Spirit gives us power and strength, right? He gives us power and strength. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. As we say in Korean, FSSO. Ebezoso, so close, so close. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But, listen to this, this is a command. It's an imperative but be filled with the Spirit. The language there means keep being filled, which means keep asking, keep seeking, right? Like a, like a car that has to be refilled, right, with gas. It's, it's sort of like that. It's not exactly like that because, again, we already have the Spirit. We're already filled with the Spirit. But, you know, again, I use the Wednesday night Bible study to explain that. But, again, this language is to continually seek and ask God to fill us continually. Verse 19 Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and make melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence of Christ. Amen. Listen. Listen to this. Verse 19 through 20 and 21. It's talking about sing songs to one another. Who does that? Right? Who sings to one another? When you see somebody like, Hello, David, I'm so glad to see you. That would be like somebody who's just like, like that, that sounds like a drunk person, doesn't it? Right? It sounds like a drunk person. Uh, uh, and it says, Give thanks always. Right? How, would you like that? Would you, would you like to be able to be thankful always? Being thankful is a great feeling. Right? Right? Instead of feeling hopeless, instead of feeling confused and lost, wouldn't it be great to be able to be thankful all the time, right? In everything. Now, the Bible says everything. It doesn't just say good times. It it, it means the bad times too in everything, right? And then it says in verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Or in other words, serve others, love others, bless others. So we're talking about joy. We're talking about peace, we're talking about about thanksgiving, and we're talking about destiny, calling, and purpose, right? That if if you are filled with the Spirit, when you're filled with the Spirit, this is going to be the fruit, right? So when you're filled with the Spirit, when you're filled with the Spirit, there's going to be joy. You're going to overflow with joy. You're going to overflow with thanksgiving, and you're going to be active. You're going to be empowered. You're going to be active in your purpose and calling, amen? Be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 16 through 19. It says, I pray, and again, this is the key to being filled with the Spirit. Pray for it. Pray for it. I pray that out of God's glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power. Strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Amen? Now, people are good. Sermons are good. Positive thinking, it's helpful. But none of that will compare to the Holy Spirit. 
See, I, I, I love encouraging motivational words, but you know, I, 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 I believe not just in motivational words, I believe in the Holy Spirit working through motivational words. Do you get what I'm saying? Right? Like, you know, hey, you know, like the best is yet to come or, oh, you are an overcomer. Now, these phrases are good and they give us hope, right? They're encouraging, right? Um, uh, the, the night is darkest before the dawn, right? We use these inspirational phrases, but never mistake that the power comes from the phrases. No, the power is not the phrase. The power is the Holy Spirit working through the phrase, amen? The power is not the message or the sermon. It's the power is the Holy Spirit. If you have ever been encouraged by my preaching, if you have been ever been encouraged by any sermon, if you've ever been touched by a sermon, you know why that happened? It was the power of the Holy Spirit, amen? Amen. So, may you be strengthened with the power through the Spirit in your inner being, on your inside. Verse 17, so that, the, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, right? So, look at the fruit. Look what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, right? You, you, you sense and you experience, right, Jesus dwelling in your heart. He's already there, but right now you don't feel it. He's already there, but right now you're not sure. No, when the Holy Spirit fills you, right, you get this awareness and you experience His presence. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, verse 18, that you'll have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and deep and uh, high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be f filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to talk so fast because there's just so much good stuff in these three verses or four verses, uh, but we, we don't have time. So I want to encourage you, if you got time, look at these verses. Look at how... How much good things happen from the Holy Spirit, right? You, you comprehend, you experience His presence. You begin to know even in greater measure like how much God loves you. You're filled with the, all the fullness of God. Now, let me say this. This doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. Because sometimes we listen to all this and it means, oh, that means I'm no longer going to have the sin in my life and I'll overcome. No, no, we're still going to be imperfect, Amen. We're still going to struggle. There'll be times we still feel sad or we still feel lost or we still, no, no, we're going to have those feelings. But what's going to happen is that right now, those feelings are in control and, and these things are your identity. No, when you're filled with the Spirit, it's going to be reversed, right? Right? Your identity is going to be in Jesus. Peace is going to be your, 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 your base and your foundation. It's going to be your main core. It's not going to be hopelessness anymore. You'll still experience these things, but these are not going to be, they're not going to define you. They're not going to control you, right? They're just going to be an accessory to your life. This, this is, just, this is just, a, just, just a little bit of part of my life. It's not all of who I am, amen? Now look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, and we'll end here. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And I want you to know that not just anybody is saying this. We're, this is Apostle Paul, a very strong Christian, a very dedicated Christian, a very committed Christian, a Christian who has experienced so much of God, the miracles, the signs, and wonders, right? He's experienced all this. But even he, right, was not perfect. And even he was still human, and he still struggled. That's what I want you to understand. Okay, right? Even, even strong Christians, we all struggle. We all struggle. We all struggle, amen? So no more condemnation. No more guilt and shame. We all struggle. Even the best of us struggle, right? Sometimes we get into this comparison. Oh, I wish I was like Pastor Bob. Oh, I wish I was like Chundasan, even Susie. They're all so, oh, they have so much joy and blah, blah, blah. No, they have their down times too. They struggle too. Apostle Paul struggled too, just like you, amen? Right? But how is it? They continue to be joyful. How is it they continue to have peace? It's because of this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, it says, But God said to me, My grace! Hallelujah! Somebody say, Grace is good. Grace is good. Put it in the chat. Good grace. Good grace. My grace is sufficient. What does it mean? It's enough. It's enough. You may not be enough. But my grace is enough, right? My grace is enough for you. You don't have to be enough for God. God is enough for you. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect 
in weakness. Therefore, look at Paul. I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. You know, Paul says, I'm not joyful because I'm perfect. I'm joyful because God is perfect and he loves me with perfect love even though I am not perfect. Amen? Do you know how I wait on God? In fact, I fail to wait. In fact, I, there's so many times I fail at waiting, but God is still faithful. God still helps me. Even when I stumble, He picks me up. In my weakness, His power is made perfect. Amen? Be filled with the strength. See, the strength of the Holy Spirit doesn't make you perfect. It helps you in your imperfection. Ha-ha! <laughs> yes! Yes, can you hear this message, right? The strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. We think, oh, if I have the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm never going to sin. No, no, no. This really doesn't, the way, this is not really the way it works, right? That, that's, that's never happened in the Bible except with Jesus, amen? Jesus was perfectly sinless, right? But we as humans, we, we, we need the Holy Spirit to continue to change us and transform us. And he gives us strength not to sin, but also to recover, to repent when we do sin, Right? The Holy Spirit gives us power not to fall, but He also gives us the power to recover, to get back up when we do fall. Amen? Right? He doesn't just give us power to be perfect. No, He gives us power because we're not perfect so that we continue to persevere and to have hope and to have joy and so we can continue to wait on God and trust and believe. God is for me. God is for me. He is still for me. Even though I'm waiting for these things, He is still for me. If you believe it, somebody said... Amen. Amen. Come on, put it in the chat. God is good. God is for me, not against me. I will wait on the Lord for the Lord is good. I will see the goodness of God. I will see the goodness of God in my marriage, in my family, in my children. Amen. In my difficulty, in my darkness, in my storm. I will see the goodness of God. Even in my sinfulness, even in my struggles, even in my failures. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Thanks for joining us today. 오늘 저희와 함께해 주셔서 감사합니다. Joyful City Church is an international church located in Ilsan that exists to make an impact in Korea and beyond. Joyful City 교회는 일산에 위치한 국제 교회로 한국과 전 세계에 영향력을 끼치기 위해 존재하는 교회입니다. Our mission is to help everybody taste and see that God is good. 저희의 미션은 모든 이들이 주님의 선하심을 맛보고 알도록 돕는 것입니다. So, whether you are a Korean or a foreigner, there's a community at our church for you. 여러분이 한국인이든 외국인이든 저희 교회에는 여러분을 위한 공동체가 있습니다. We would love for you to come visit us and give us a chance to make you feel at home. 그러니 꼭 오셔서 가족과 같은 공동체를 누려보세요. For information about our service time and directions, visit our website at joyfulcity.org. 예배 시간이나 주소 등더 많은 정보가 알고 싶으시다면 저희 웹사이트에서 확인하실 수 있습니다. 웹사이트 주소는 joyfulcity.org입니다. Thanks again and hope to see you soon. 다시 한번 감사드리고요. 곧 만나뵐 수 있기를 바래요.